This is a GRDC podcast. A brand spanking new GRDC investment is underway in the southern region that, if successful, has the potential to change farming as we know it. The project is looking at the overall system scale benefits of summer cropping, high value crops and intercropping, growing two or more crops in the same row. So cereals growing with legumes or legumes growing with pulses, it doesn't look real pretty, but this type of companion farming may have some significant benefits. The project is part of the Victorian Grains Innovation Partnership between the Victorian Government and the GRDC, which aims to increase the profitability of southern grain growers through world-class research. I travelled to Hamilton in Victoria with Agriculture Victoria crop scientist Gary O'Leary to look at the first year of trial work. There, I also met Penny Rifkin, who's a senior research agronomist at the Hamilton Research Facility. This project is big, so big I wanted to talk to Gary about the overall project and then to Penny about what she and her colleagues are doing at Hamilton. So you get two podcasts on this topic and in this first one, we talk to Gary about the aims of the Southern Region Wide Research. What we're trying to do is work out how crops can maximise resource use, in particular water, light and nutrients in southern Australia. And here at Hamilton, we're growing mixtures of crops to see if we can get advantages from having different species growing together, legumes, oil seeds and cereals, to see if they do give advantage over sole crops. What sort of advantages are you looking for? Well, we hope we would be above 20%. We think that if there's only small gains, it's not worth the trouble. The problem with mixtures of crops is it's complicated. And so they raise all sorts of issues about weed management. And Mm. so if you can get species that grow and compete against each other, and one species may actually die, or one actually may be still okay, and or you may get benefit from both. And Mm. if the value of the crops are high, you could make more money. And the whole point is is trying to use our limited resource, which is usually water in our dryland areas, particularly when we're starting to see increases in summer rain. In Western Victoria, we tend to have wet winters, and that's a problem. So if we dry out the soil, we may get a crop growing into summer and into the next year. We still have a long way to go in figuring out how you do this. Yeah, it's only know, started this year. Yeah, but we know farmers are very smart in figuring this stuff yeah. out very quickly. Yeah. The question is, what is the principles? And is there a principle we could exploit with the different species that could get high yields? Then also going into intercrop to grow into summer. And could we get three crops in two years? That's yeah. the question. So you're growing a summer crop here as a part of a trial. Yes, so, yeah, okay. yeah. Is that all, uh, replicated all over the southern region as well? Yes, we're growing that in uh, northeast Victoria and southwest Victoria, the okay. summer crops, but not in the Wimmera. Okay. We think that's a bit, a bit too dry. dry. Yeah. So we're just trying the winter mixtures in that place. Okay. What so summer crops are you putting in? At this stage, we're looking at soybean and safflower at the okay. moment, but we will look at other crops and we'll be guided by farmer groups of what they like to try in their regions. Not just at Hamilton, but other parts of, in the southwest as well, yeah. towards Geelong and, and that. Okay, now this trial at Hamilton was uh, sown in July, I think, yeah, so yeah. all sown a little bit late. 
you've mentioned an increase, I'm presuming, yield, or are you talking about the dollars there when you're talking about 10%? It looks like the increases are in yield, and that's what's going to drive the dollars. Yeah. So it appears the biomass gains that we've seen in some mixtures appear to be greater than the, the sole crops on their own. And that's what we will explore in, in the next iteration next year and with other species and see if we can find a pattern that will explain and figure out how you could get more for our a resource of rainfall and nutrients in the area. Where does the computer modelling come into this? Well, computer modelling is important because it does allow us to extrapolate the results we get here at, at Hamilton and at Horsham and at Rutherglen and other field sites that we will establish next year to other places in Victoria. And that uses what we call our biophysical models and it applies our known knowledge of the physiology and agronomy that would apply to those sole crops and in this case to the mixtures. And we're yet to see how well the mixtures work in our modelling world. And we know that the crops do look differently. We know peas climb up canola. and They do uh, that very well, don't they? And absorb more light. The question is, can we model that in a physiological way that yeah. can be reproduced in other places in Victoria? And that's what we're trying to do, and it's a first. Yeah. It hasn't been done. We're trying to do that. So we kind of know the climate's changing. People now agree to that. It's changing, yeah. and it's getting warmer. CO2's level's going up and summer rainfall seems to be getting larger doses and we may be able to capitalise on yeah, that. Yeah, some opportunities possibly. So we're trying to work out what we call design criteria that would give us a clue on which strategy we would go if we got this amount of rain. How much rain do we need to get a successful soybean crop in Victoria and what soil types would that work on and what the profit would be and is it worth it? Yeah. And farmers will make that call, but we're going back to do the work to see if that is justified from our measurements. As you say, farmers will determine for themselves how they're going to do it. But how did you do it? Talk to me about sowing rates, sowing depths and plant establishment and that sort of thing. Not necessarily just here, but were there some principles that you followed? The basic principles we started out just in this first year, it was in many ways for us a practice year in figuring out how to do this to grow some cereals and legumes and oil seeds and legumes together and seeing if that would give us a basis for advancement in the growth and the yield. And of course we're interested in the economic yield. We developed the ratios with just very simple sole crops. We used just standard sowing rates that were done in the district. And then we use 75 and 25% mix ratios of either way. We're only using two species mixes here for simplicity. Two species in the one yeah, row, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Two species just for simplicity. So you've got canola growing with faba beans, you've got canola growing with peas, field peas, uh, you've got peas and wheat, canola. Pe peas and canola, wheat and. Yeah, we've wheat. got. That's uh, <laughs> everything here. Field pea and canola, faba bean canola, barley canola. Faber bean canola, a lot of combinations. The primary first aim is just what, the, what does the species do? And we expect most of these may not actually work. They may fail dismally. Well, that's good to know that. Yeah. And if they fail, we'll be the first to publish this. If they work, we'll be the first to argue why we think it is the reason and what could we need to do to advance it. You know? What you don't seem to be growing is uh, weeds. Well, this year was very cold and very wet and we never needed to apply any um, herbicides despite mm. 
getting ready for it. The competition of the species just, now of course you could argue that one of the species is a weed to the other crop, but if it actually gives a benefit, it's actually a good thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And if you can reduce, we don't know about this, but if you can reduce the reliance on herbicides, you're clearly going to have an advantage. But is that going to be a potential problem yes. in terms of management? Yeah, it will be, and it's clear number one problem. How do you manage weeds? We don't know the f where it's going to end, but we're having a go at having some principles, and that will guide us where it's may become common practice. You know. Are you growing crops that are kind of uh, synchronised to come to maturity at the same time? Yes, we need to do that. That's important for um, harvest reasons, yeah. you know. And those that are not synchronised, that's when you think of intercropping, that you might sow a crop into a crop before it's harvested. You sow a, a second crop, then you harvest oh, the first right, crop, okay. the other yeah. crop grows and continues on. That's classic yeah. intercropping mm. that we call and, that. And you're doing that as well? Yeah, yes, at Hamilton and at Rutherglen. I should say the idea of companion cropping, intercropping, encompasses a lot of things. Mixtures of crops, just random mixtures, in skip rows, strip rows, there's all kinds of ways this is applied in practice and it depends on resource limitations and what you have and what the issues are. The other side of the thing is in intercropping over time, uh, temporally, how you get more crops. So you can talk about relay crops, one crop after another or another crop sown under sown with another that it comes maturity. And some of these crops may die, some of them may actually continue and produce a very valuable product. And so we started thinking about what, what's value, and we know the oil seeds are, and soybean, safflower are, so we start with those, and we'll think of other options that can be profitable without reducing the resource base. It's a three-year project, I understand. Initially, three-year investment by GRDC for three years, initially, to get going, engage with farmers in the districts across from northern Victoria to western Victoria, to do experiments in different places on different soil types. Clearly though, this experiment is a, what we call a systems experiment. It's about the system. It's not just about a single crop. It's about crop mixtures and how they affect the next crop. And so it's the system that we're working on. On the project, I should say, we have employed economists to look at the economics because in the end, it's the economics that drive this. And it is about profit from the system. So it's not just a crop in one year, it's a system that would do that. And we know then that that impacts on other systems beyond grain production, grazing for instance. So that has to be considered and it will be in our project with our economists. Yeah. And considered also I imagine would be the benefits of particular crops like the legume crops to the soil. Yeah, if the legume crops are adding a certain amount of nutrients, nitrogen and the, the structure of the soil is improved, then uh, that will be taken account in the, in the analysis yeah, and in yeah, our modelling. That, yeah. That's in our models, and we try and have our models explaining the biophysics of what's going on as best we can. Gary O'Leary from Agriculture Victoria. Now, the second podcast on this topic features Penny Rifkin from Agriculture Victoria in Hamilton, who talks to me in more detail about the local trials, the potential, and also some of the challenges.